It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly podcast that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as we go through this NFL offseason, as we get closer to the NFL draft. You know, for me, it'll be April 30. For most of you listeners, it'll be April 29th. I think it's 8 p.m. Um, you'll hear the, the start of the 2021 NFL draft. And I'd love to be able to play the music, but I think that uh, we'd be we'd be taken to the courts by uh, by the NFL on that one for you know for rights of content. But I do love when you hear that that chime and that next pick is made. But look, this is a massive show for this week. Um, as always, there's a lot to cover off. But hasn't it been a really interesting week for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week? We've had the news about Stephen Nelson. Um, being released there. They offered, they, they sort of said he can go seek a trade, um, but in the end, he was just purely released. And we've also had the news of Tyson Alalu, big Alalu due to COVID and, and now family reasons has come out and, and not gone back to the Jacks, Jacksonville Jaguars who drafted him as the 10th pick. 
um, you know, all those years ago and instead choosing to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's massive for the defensive line, particularly the interior defensive line. It's also massive from the perspective of that's one less position they might have to worry about in the, the top four rounds of the NFL draft. Equally, though, it narrows um, the, the, who they might pick in, in the draft. And with that means that, you know, they need to hit on that pick whoever it's going to be there. So really interesting from that perspective. I don't know about you, but I'm just really happy to have Tyson Alu-Alu back. Some say it was a career year. Some say it was a, a pretty decent year. That being said, you'd much rather have him on this Pittsburgh Steelers team than not have him there. Um, you know, he sort of matched his general production sacks with two there. You know, his tackles were sort of high up in, in where they usually are about thereabouts. Um, even through 15 games, you know, his tackles for losses, he had four, um, he had five quarterback hits, which, which was sort of mid range from what he does, but you know, he, yeah, he just had a really good year. He made the right plays at the right time. And at the end of the day, he shored up that position, which had looked a bit dodgy since we since we potentially lost Jay well, when we did lose Javon Hargrave in, in terms of how we fill it. The other big signings of the week were Miles Killebrew, who comes in as a linebacker and specials teamer, basically replacing Jordan Dangerfield there and potentially offering something at the, the linebacker position or the, the you know, sort of in the box safety sort of role. Equally, we saw Jordan Berry sign a contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. And Joe Haig also came in, the offensive lineman there, the offensive guard, I think generally, or he can play swing tackle, I think as well. You know, so some interesting picks there. But when I look through the, you know, if we're thinking about the draft, when I go through the actual makeup of the team right now, it's pretty interesting um, in terms of what we've got. We've got two centers currently on the roster in BJ Finney and JC Hassenhauer. We currently have six cornerbacks on the roster. So those are Joe Hayden, Cameron Sutton, Trevor Williams, Justin Lane, James Pierre, and Stephen Denmark. We have four edge players or outside linebackers um, in TJ Watt, Cassius Marsh, Alex Highsmith, Christian Kuntz. We have one uh, fullback in Derek Watt. We have, now this is interesting, eight interior defensive linemen. But when you think about players like Cameron Hayward, Stefan Tewitt, and Chris Wormley, you know, you more sort of look at them on the outside, you know, and then you've got players like Carlos Davis, Demarcus Christmas, Henry Mondeau, Isaiah Bugs, Calvin Taylor, um, and considering that bunch, one kicker in Chris Boswell. Um, we then have six linebackers, and they are Devin Bush, Miles Killebrew, Marcus Allen, Robert Spillane, DeGray Scales, and Ulysses Gilbert III. Now, when you look at them, there's probably four names that potentially may not even make the squad um, or, or might not even make the practice squad when you've got Mark Salen, um, sorry, three names probably there, Mark Salen to Gray Scales and Ulysses Gilbert III. I'm going to be quite surprised if Ulysses Gilbert III actually can make this roster because I think there's some stuff that we don't know about where he's fallen out of favor and equally his injury proneness. Um, yeah, I've got some questions, you know, in terms of UG3. Then we've got... Uh, Two uh, left guards in, Av- in Avante Collins and John LeGlue. N- not big names there. Um, but we'll come, when we come to right guard, we can talk about that. Cameron Canada is obviously our one long snapper. I think still is, depending on what you can get undrafted, depending on who you can else can bring in, who gets cuts from different teams. He's a big cap hit. I think the Steelers would save roughly about... 1 million, just over a million. Yeah, 1,065,000 for cutting him. So I know that you need long snappers, but I just wonder whether we can save some money at that position if, if push comes to shove. And we have three left tackles in 
Chikwama Okorafor, who we all know as Chooks, Brandon Walton, Jaron Jones. We have one punter. And it's very interesting the way over the cap, like sort of categorize this thing. It's alphabetical, but it's interesting when you do it like this. Um, you've got three quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. Um, as I said, Barry's actually signed, so we don't have two punters on the roster. Um, we've got only two running backs, believe it or not. Um, and that's Anthony McFarland and Benny Snell Jr. Because some of our running backs are actually listed in t- as tight ends, but we'll come to that. In the right guard position, you've got David DeCastro, Joe Hay, Kevin Dotson. Obviously, DeCastro and Dotson are probably your two starting guards. And it's going to be very interesting to see. Do the Steelers move Kevin Dotson to the left guard where he played some of the season? Or, or do they move David DeCastro over there and, you know, put him next to his mate? Potentially, I've heard rumors today that the Steelers told Al Villanueva not to sell his house. Um, I saw that rumor going around on Instagram. Um, and Steelers were caught into other reports this week. Um, one of three teams still in the bid for Alvin and Oliver, So who knows what's going to happen there? Um, Zach Banner, who we know signed that great that great contract for him, a bit more than a prove a deal. He's in there as right tackle along with Anthony Coyle. Um, you've got four safeties in Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Antoine Brooks, and John Battle. John Battle's been on the practice squad, I think, for a couple of seasons now and, and been on the fringe of the roster. Um, he may just be a camp body. But Antoine Brooks Jr., could he take a bigger role this year? Um, then you've got the, which is really odd, you've got the seven tight ends in Eric Ebron, Trey Edmonds, who's more of that fullback running back, Kevin Rader, who we know is a tight end, Charles Jones, Zach Gentry, Jalen Samuels, who's more of an H-back. Um, but he you know, was listed as a tight end, I think, when he went into the NFL draft um, in 2017, I think it was that he got drafted. Um, Dax Raymond as well. And then you've got your eight wide receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Ray-Ray McLeod, Tyler Simmons, the gentleman that they signed off the pro day um, that they attended recently. And then you've also got um, Cody White there and Anthony Johnson. But when you look at this, it's a really interesting makeup. And it's sort of hard when you consider the depth chart as well. But there's a few things that speak to mind. Firstly, there's the quarterback position, which we know the Steelers are not going to be in the mix for one of those top quarterbacks unless they do a dramatic trade-up. Equally, right guard looks pretty secure. Um, and, and I think when you, if you probably want one more guard in there, but you know, if you've got a little bit of depth there. The center position still cries out to be filled. Now, as I go to air, I believe that Austin Blythe, who I have talked about on a range of different... I've, bored everyone silly um, in the BTSC Slack channel. I've talked about Austin Blythe on a previous war room. Um, I've also talked about it loads and touchdown under. Well, unfortunately, as I'm recording this, I'm aware that he's signed a deal with the Chiefs. So he shores up their offensive line. Really disappointing for the Steelers there. Like Shannon has said a lot in our BTSC Slack channel, you can't help but feel the Steelers are heading toward a Creed Humphrey um, draft draft pick, um, and I'll look at him closer to the end, to the draft as we move forward. But it does start to look very likely. Um, I'm actually going to preview a, a tackle option for the Pittsburgh Steelers that potentially could be there at 24. He's a player that I wanted to cover in previous weeks. Um, he plays for the college team I support, the Texas Longhorns. However, um, now when I'm starting to see the draft movements, despite him recording a really fast pro day 40 time actually this particular player might actually still be there available for the Steelers. 
When we talk about the centre position, though, and as I said back there with Shannon, Shannon's pick there, it's Creed Humphrey. Um, and Creed Humphrey is really now looking like the best centre in this draft, and he's rocketed up the boards. He had a very good pro day. I think it was one of the best pro days by a draft prospect in the last decade um, when you look at Creed Humphrey. So, yeah, we'll definitely be profiling him as we get closer to that NFL draft. The next position, I think, though, is... And it's interesting, and I think you could see the Steelers do something in later rounds here. I know I've talked about guys like Quincy Roche before. Um, I'm really interested to see if we can cover guys like Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame. Um, So perhaps we can bring him in through the NFL draft. The other key positions, though, I think are very much around, obviously, we need that extra tackle, I think, and you'd expect the Steelers to go high there if they're not going to go center. But running back is still that position. Running back is still that position where you think they could add a few people. I know that the tight end position technically hides guys like uh, Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds, but we're still looking thin there when it comes to the running back position. I know James Conner's still on the market and they might look to get him in, which is why, which is why with this thinness at running back, I'm also going to be looking at a running back in part two of the show because I think that the Steelers might draft later at running back, but just because they're drafting later doesn't mean they're drafting poorly. We know for instance, you know, James Robinson was able to do last year, you know, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, he had an awesome season. He had plus 1,000 yards, undrafted free agent out of Illinois State. You know, he had seven touchdowns, 344 receiving yards, 40, 49 receptions. That's awesome from an undrafted rookie, particularly at the running back position. So with that in mind, you know, still fans should be open to the different sort of running backs that the Steelers might be able to pick up um, in the in the later rounds of the draft. So it really does beg the question when we look at these sorts of things as well. What other positions could the Steelers go after? You know, if it's, yes, we've heard so many times about this offensive line and we've heard so many times about the running back position and we know the Steelers are very unlikely to be able to trade up for a, for a quarterback, one of the top ones. Tight end's another one. If you look at the names on these and take out Jalen Samuels and Trademans, Kevin Rader, Charles Jones, Zach Gentry, Dax Raymond, do they really shore it up? You know, I I think when we really look at this, you know, and I know Jesse James is another player that, you know, former player of the Pittsburgh Steelers that they might look to bring in. It's hard. It's hard to think that the Steelers won't pick a tight end in the first four to five rounds of this draft. I'd be very surprised if they don't pick up a tight end and and look to fill some of that role. When it comes to wide receiver, that room's looking really, really full now. I really like Damien Brown from North Carolina. I think he, um, you know, NC State there, I think he's going to do a terrific job in the NFL. Disappointed we're not going to get him. I was showing clips to Mark Davison, my co-host on Steelers Touchdown Under. I was showing him clips um, after our show, um, on, on Saturday evening, um, Sunday morning when we record um, in terms of we're always going in the future, as you know. And he, just, and he just said to me, man, he gets separation. I said, I know he's kind of like a thinner Martavius Bryant in some ways and he's this big body wide receiver, you know, very thin still, but just this athletic gets the separation, you know, big splash plays. And, and you know, I think it's, it's an interesting one given that our wide receiver room at the moment. Um Equally, linebacker, there's been a lot of talk of the Steelers, get, you know, pick, you know, someone like a Zaven Collins at 24. That's going to continue with the Steelers' pedigree or history, if you like, in picking defensive players the last few years. Until we get to that period when it will be, you know, well after 9 p.m., you know, on the 
in the NFL draft 2021, 29th of, 29th of April for most people. Really, it's all just speculation. But isn't it fun to speculate? Isn't it fun to think, you know, what's it going to be? You know, who's that pick? What in terms of what's going to be? Who's that position? Who's who's the pick going to be? What's the what school are they from? Do we think they did well? Do we think they, you know, overreached? You know, did a player fall to them as well? They're all the things that are just going to be so interesting to see once the draft kicks off. You know, I've done a lot of mock drafts to the point, you know, that some of my BTC colleagues are, you know, almost laughing at me. I did one the other night and it was on a different site that's been updated since these pro days with the algorithm. And I'll tell you what, there was some very interesting picks that came out um, in terms of that first round. In fact, it was quite genuinely actually quite shocking. I was I was quite surprised to see how it fell, but it got me thinking and it, it sort of got me thinking, well, hey, this is how the NFL draft works. So this is how that particular draft fell. Trevor Lawrence went first. Zach Wilson went second to the Jets. Trey Lance went to the San Francisco 49ers. Penny Sewell went to the Atlanta Falcons. Rashawn Slater went to the Bengals. Jamar Chase went to the Dolphins. Um, Jalen Waddle to the Detroit Lions, giving Goff some help there. Patrick Satan, the second, went to Carolina. Makes sense, I think, with Matt Rule. Justin Fields went to the Broncos. Obviously, they need a quarterback there. Drew Locke's not the long-term answer. JC Horn went to the Dallas Cowboys. They've had some issues at cornerback in terms of top quality there, so that's not the you know, that's an interesting move. Carl Pitts went to the New York Giants where he'd be wasted. Devonta Smith would, was um, targeted at going at the Philadelphia Eagles, which makes sense given where they're picking and giving Jalen Hurts a playmaker. Um, Aziz Ujulari went to the Chargers on the edge. They definitely need support there. I think they've now lost Melvin Ingram. Um, Christian Darisaw went to the Vikings. Micah Parsons went to the Patriots. And God knows how... Bill Belichick would like to use that player. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker went to the Cardinals, giving you know some more protection to um, Kyler Murray. Tevin Jenkins went to the Raiders, again, shoring up their O-line, which is needed after all the different players that left. Najee Harris went to the Miami Dolphins, giving them a, you know, the tour tie of tour, tie of a longer, um, giving tour, you know, a top tier running back. Jeremiah Oweso Koromora went to Washington. That doesn't surprise me. And that's, I think, a really great player for Ron Riviera to do what he likes to do in defense. Rashad Bateman went to Chicago. Interesting. They've gone wide receiver there, but, you know, they obviously lost, I think, as Allen Robinson this offseason. Terrence Marshall went to the Colts. They need wide receiver help there for Carson Wentz. Samuel Cosme went to the Tennessee Titans, shoring up the line there for Tannehill. Quiddy Pay went to the Jets, um, giving them some offensive line support. You know, I I made an interesting pick. Um, won't tell you what it is there, but Jacksonville picked Liam Eichenberg. The Browns picked Greg Newsom to shore up their secondary, which I think would be very, very difficult um, given the players they've already got there, like Denzel Ward, Delpit, um, some of those sorts of guys. Trevin Morrig safety went to Baltimore. Again, that would shore up their sort of secondary as well. So good luck, Big Ben. Um, Jason Owe went to the Saints supporting their defense. Caleb Fairley drafted very late, which might be interesting. It might be where he falls after the double back surgery and missing a lot of the testing at the pro day. Um, he fell to the Green Bay Packers at 29. Jalen Phillips edge went to Buffalo. Again, giving them some defensive pressure there. 
Canarius Tony went and was wide receiver drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Travis Etienne went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that was quite a crazy draft from a lot of the mock drafts I've I've been doing today. And I didn't pick all those positions. Of course, I only picked for the Steelers. Um, I made a pick that um, you know some people won't be a fan of based on his tape, but he's you know up there on some of the rushing boards. But I had Gregory Rousseau just with the fact that I've yet to see him slip that late um, and some of the top tackles were taken. But regardless, I just thought it was interesting to see some of the picks that were made and where they were made. But look, that's a perfect segue into round two. If you're on the audio side, just hold through the break and we'll be back to talk a couple of Steelers draft prospects. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show that puts you, as I said at the start of this week's show, in the mind of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin. So I kind of previewed him and, and for the keen, you know, draft followers, you probably would have guessed it when I was talking about him earlier in the in the podcast. But the first player I'm going to be looking at today is Texas Longhorn, Samuel Cosme. I'm hoping for a Steelers peak of Samuel Cosme if he's available there. Um, that the left tackle that, you know, could make a good switch to right tackle, you know, in the NFL. But again, when you look at the Steelers, you've got Zach Banner pretty much, you know, shoehorned in there. Um Sam Cosme, really interesting. After a really successful year of the Longhorns, um, where he did, you know, he actually stayed back there and to, to play. You know, I think he was meant to not actually play for them at all. I think he'd sort of resigned his um, eligibility with Longhorns or, you know, his um, placement there. Um, he was a hot name coming out. He had momentum that rolled has rolled through his pro day where he wowed everyone. He measured at six foot six, three hundred and fourteen pounds, thirty three inch arms. He did a four point eight five forty yard dash. That's a six foot four man, three fourteen pounds with a four point eight five four point eight five forty yard dash. Imagine him getting that second level. His ten yard split came in at one point six eight seconds. His twenty yard at two point seven five seconds. He jumped nearly 10 feet in the broad jump and 30 inches in his vertical jump and then capped off the pro day with 36 reps on the reps on the bench press. He tested in the 92nd percentile above in all of his speed and agility drills. This gave him an almost close to perfect relative athletic score, which is what a lot of the players have been um, you know, judged upon. He was already a first-round pick conversation, and now he's just pretty much cemented through his pro day, his top 32 status, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see when he when he flies off the board. Obviously, um, Elijah Vera Tucker's got you know more of that ready plug and play with guard positions as well. Um, you know, some think his ceiling might be the thirteenth overall pick with the LA Chargers. Um, 
you know, some think his floor could be, you know, Washington, Chicago, Indianapolis, Colts. Gosh, if he's sitting there around that 17th, 18th pick, I would love to see what the Steelers can do to get a player like Cosme that's plug and play day one, creates assurances. But just as much as I say this now, we could work out a deal with our Villanueva. Even then, I'd be like, bring in Cosme and develop him. Um, you know, I think I said, if you know, we got asked a question in touchdown under this week, and, and it was, if you were the GM, what would you do? And I was like, I'm trading up to get Rashawn Slater. So I lock up, you know, my offensive line left tackle position for the next decade, um, at least the next five years on a rookie deal um, with the one-year option. And then even six years, if you if you start looking at, you know, franchise tags, but that's what I'd be doing. So uh, when it comes to Cosme, if we can get, you know, trade a couple of those later picks, we've got compensatory picks, um, you know, to move up a couple of spots, you know, you would not look back with Samuel Cosme. Taking a deeper look at him, um, you know, one before he was mentioned as pro day, he, one site had him at six, seven and 300 pounds flat. Um, he started 34 out of 35 games at offensive tackle for Longhorns. He played 14 games at right tackle um, and 21 at left tackle. He's played on both sides. He's a lean offensive tackle that's got plenty of room on his frame to fill out. And then you can tell that with that speed that he ran on his 40. With plenty of capacity of his body structure, he could easily add, you know, drop the, according to the draft network, they believe he could add at least 10 to 15 pounds more muscle. Um, you know, so that's really interesting there. You know, if you can get to that closer to that 330 mark at that height, you know, he can still be quite athletic. Um, he climbs to the second level with ease in order to latch and eliminate targets. As we said, that helps when you've got that speed. On the other hand, his lack of play strength on the first level can shop at the point of attack as he isn't a frequent people mover. He's a shield blocker that's able to position his frame into winning alignments. Um, in order to create running lanes in pass protection, his length gives him an advantage against defenders that are attempting to bend and turn the corner against him. He possesses above average athleticism for a tackle. That's abundantly clear. He's able to overcompensate and get away with the current technical flaws that he has, but no doubt a Steelers offensive line, um, you know, their offensive line coach and Clem would be able to really help him and develop and get rid of those technical flaws. Um, he'll need seasoning as a pass protector as he needs to gain strength and refine his lower half. Great. Let's bring someone, as I said, like Alvin and Waver in, in develop Cosme, get him ready for when we've got that, you know, rookie quarterback on that deal after Ben that, you know, will take us to the next level or if it's Dwayne Haskins or show up the line and give Mason Rudolph some actual time to think. Um, Cosme also apparently leaves his hips parallel to the sideline and over-reliance on our athleting his opponent. Um, and that's a habit that will need to be eliminated. We see that a lot with college players. They think they can come in and do what they did in college. NFL players are experienced, even for the slower, older guys. They know the tricks of the trade, um, you know, and they'll put you through your paces. Leverage is another issue for, for Cosme that needs to be worked on, and he's got tendencies to play really high, and that results in dis- defenders being able to get out um, underneath him. Um, but look, at the end of the day, this Longhorn blocker is an athletic offensive tackle that has many ingredients already present. He just needs the right coaching to put them all together, you know, and maybe even add a few more um, technical skills in order to reach his final state. Um you know, he could be a right tackle that can slide to the left side. I'd be interested to see what the Steelers can do with him on the left, even if he's depth at the right. Um, you know, and according to the draftnetwork.com, they're saying he's a good good for zone blocking schemes. When I look at um, Pro Football Network, 
They say that he can easily read, redirect and just defend as he knocks past rushes from the angles of attacks and seals opponents from the action. He's patient. He's got good feet movement, um, displays lateral blocking range. Um, you know, and what's interesting about Cosme is that he was actually only ranked as the 135th offensive tackle in the nation when he came out of, um, out of, out of Scotia. I think it's how you pronounce it. High school. Um, you know, he was literally only ranked the 195th player, best player in Texas. Um, but when you look back at his high school career, even when he was like that before he made the Longhorns, people were saying it's hard to think that he was, you know, actually, you know, that lowly ranked. Um, you know, as a junior in 2015 in high school, he was credited with 56 pancake blocks and 31 knockdown blocks. He allowed only two sacks on 476 pass attempts. Um, his high school reached the 6A Division One quarterfinal. He was part of an offensive line that helped the offense average 44 points a game. They, the team went one better in 2016, making the semifinal um, or semifinal. Um, as a senior, Cosme allowed zero sacks on 445 attempts as well as 66 pancake blocks recorded with 40 knockdowns. And that got him All-State 6A second team honors. Only four programs offered him a scholarship. Um, and after he originally committed to Houston, he flipped on his commitment um, to join UT. Um, believe it or not, he's added, added 50 pounds to his frame since he arrived um, to the Texas Longhorns. Um and in order to get ready for that, he actually redshirted in 2017. Um, and in that one year alone, he added 40 pounds. Um, he made his debut against Maryland, the school that the Steelers like to pick from in recent years. Um, you know, and he helped, you know, Sam Ellinger reach second team all big 12 honors um, and throw for the second most yards in Texas history. Um, and actually, he even scored a touchdown himself, um, Cosme, against West Virginia. Um you know, it's it's just really interesting when I look at an athletic guy like like Samuel Cosme. Um, you know, there's that depth, there's that athleticism, there's that size, there's that rawness. Um, you know, and and he is sort of seen, you know, as a key preference behind Penny Sewell and and Rashawn Slater. There, um, I'm seeing Rashawn Slater drop. I know I've sort of mentioned that my I'm I'm quite keen on him if you, if you could get him, but I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers won't be in the mix. But in terms of Cosme, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Green Bay Packers um, have all been seen as potential destinations. Um, you know, but there are other teams that have sort of been suggested that they wouldn't be surprised. Um, according to Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline, um, he was Cosme's got a second round grade, um, and he's his sixty fourth overall prospect. I think he's a lot higher than that in my book. I think he's a top 40 player. Um, he's plug and play. But, you know, and if we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if the, he's available at 24, why not bring him in? The next player I wanted to look at was a running back, which I, I sort of alluded to in part one. And that running back is J- Jamar Jefferson. Um, Jamar, J-E-R-M-A-R. Sorry, it's quite late at night for me when I'm recording this one this week. Um yeah, so Jamar Jefferson, um, running back, Oregon State, um, 5'10", 217 pounds. Um, you know, he's a three-year starter. He had, you know, career-best 1,380 yards um, and 12 touchdowns as a freshman um, there for Oregon State. 
He is an explosive ball carrier who grinds it out on the inside while also displaying the speed to run to daylight. Patient, displays good vision and finds running lanes. He effectively follows blocks, has a burst through the hole, um, and consistently runs north and south. He keeps his feet moving. He beats defenders into the open field and then runs into daylight. He does not go down without a fight. He picks up huge chunks of yardage, runs with balance as well as body control, quick-footed, sets defenders up and makes them miss. He can sometimes have suspect instincts. He can be easily knocked off balance by the first hit, and he's not a back who's going to move the pile. Easily brought down by a single defender at times. He's a dynamic back with an inconsistent game. He looked like a world beater on occasions, then displayed pedestrian skills in other instances. He possesses the size and skill to be a primary back in the NFL, but he must raise all levels of his game and consistently play at a higher level. Um, he was a highly regarded 2021 draft prospect um, based on his early football career. Um, you know, he rushed for 327 yards and 16 touchdowns at, as a junior in high school. Um, he also demonstrated pass catching ability with 161 receiving yards and a touchdown. He was a three-star recruit um, ranked as the 41st running back in the 2017 class. Um, apparently root, Rutgers was a um, or Rutgers was considered the front runner. I've never actually had to pronounce that. I've only had to read it um, as that was considered the front runner for his services. Um, you know, he had offers from USC and Oregon State, um, and then obviously he ended up at Oregon State for his senior season. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see where the, where you know Jamar Jefferson is picked. I wonder whether he's a fourth round pick. Um, and this is why I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could be in for him then, because if you if you go get a tackle, you get a linebacker um, in round in round one. You need to get that center in round two equally. You know, if you are, let's say you pick different positions there, if you're not picking a running back in round one, Javante Williams is not there in round two. Then you're looking at a later round pick, and Jamar Jefferson's not necessarily worthy of anything third round. And I think you can get him in the fourth. We know that running backs are falling down. This could be a really interesting one, um, you know, for all those gamblers out there. I think he's playing, you know, plus 2,500 2, um, to be drafted as the first running back. Um, I don't like those odds, but um, if you want to be, bet big, well, good luck. Um, I think the other thing, I, I found another sort of site, which when I was going through that, I'm just sort of finding a lot of different sites um, to get different perspectives um, they sort of ranked different categories out of 10. Um, and so they looked at his and they said his vision was an 8.75. They said he's one of the best parts of his game. Um, he uses his patience to his advantage, um, particularly on the long runs. His change of direction is a 9 out of 10 with his one cut and go. He can shift direction really easily within the blink of an eye. He's a change of pace back. If he's got a lane, he'll cut it back and go. He'll turn that into an enormous chunk of yardage. Durability. Um, six out of 10, they say he's not the sort of running back that's going to get 20 yard, twenty touches per game. Um, the most touches he had in one single season was his freshman year with those 1,300 plus yards where he had 264 touches. Um, since then, he had a few injuries and that's probably going to contribute to him falling down in draft stock. Um, equally receiving skills, he's not that good out of the slot, um, but he does run a lot of screens, angle and wheel routes. Now that sounds very much like a Matt Canada offense. Um, and he can turn a small check down into a 60-yard catch and run fairly easily. Ball security is a 7.75 out of 10. 
Um, he did not fumble the ball once during his collegiate career. Not once. That's a big improvement on a James Conner. Um, the main concern, though, is how he holds the football. There are plenty of times where a tackle could have caused a fumble if the tackle had been more aggressive. Um, and this is really more because Jefferson seems to hold the ball with one arm even when he's about to be hit. His elusiveness is a 5.25 out of 10. Um, so he can avoid defenders in a lot of space, but he doesn't have a lot of wiggle in open space and relies on primary speed to fly past defenders. Um, which is funny. I once heard one of the best wingers in rugby that ever played said, you know, and wingers and fullbacks, and he said, you know, if you're only ever going to go glide or juke past someone if you go full speed. So, you know, if he's just got to go full speed past them, then fine. Um, apparently, he can make the first demand to miss, and I've seen that on tape. Um, but once met with defenders in the face of the line of scrimmage, he's going to struggle. So we really need to open up that hole, those holes if he's going to be drafted. Um, his effort is an 8.25 out of 10. Marky D will like this one. Throw out to my co, you know, massive shout out there to my co-host of Steelers Touchdown Under. You know, he wants to see someone that wants to give it effort every play and on those third and ones. Um, with Jefferson, while he struggles with power, um, you know, he does churn the legs on every play and he fights for any yard that he can possibly get. Athleticism is an 8.5 out of 10. Um, his play speed is faster than his 40 time listed. He's estimated to run a high for 640 time, but it looks like he could run a full forward. It'll be interesting to see what he drafts. I think their pro day is yet to happen um, from what I could pull up. Play speed is more important um, than a 40-yard time, and on tape, he's definitely showing more like a 4-4. Balance, apparently he's got really good balance and contact. Um, you know, as you know, this is going to really be the case where he won't have a large role in his NFL career and he won't have 20 touches per game. So, you know, that will help him out. Pass protection, he needs to do some work there on blocking, but we know the Steelers are good at teaching blocking to those skill positions. Um, injuries, he has had a few. Look, at the end of the day, he's going to be a three-day, you know, a third-day draft selection. He'll be a role player. But when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers running back room and I think about... Anthony McFarlane Jr. I think about Benny Snell. I think about a Jalen Samuels. Could Jamal Jefferson be all we need? You know, it's a much cheaper investment than a James Connor. He's a fresh investment. And to me, he's got some attributes there that he's a sort of running back that, you know, falls later and performs higher. But with that, that wraps up. Steel's war room for another week. We inch closer to that draft. Stay tuned for everything on BTSC in this in the lead up to the draft and take you through this off season. There's more than enough content. Unstopcurtain.com, one stop shop for all things. Pittsburgh Steelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.